This week's episode of the Two Brothers in Their Sports podcast is sponsored by the North Carolina Orthopedic Clinic. The North Carolina Orthopedic Clinic offers Duke quality care in a comfortable community setting. Each of their orthopedic surgeons has been fellowship trained. Their specialties include sports medicine, joint replacement, hand surgery, shoulder surgery, foot and ankle, spinal surgery, podiatry, and physical medicine. Under one roof, their patients can receive the treatment and care they need for any orthopedic condition they are dealing with. They provide same-day and next-day service, which is specialized service and personalized care. Visit ncorthoclinic.com or call 909-471-9622 to make an appointment or obtain more information today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Two Brothers in Their Sports podcast. Our topics this week are our final power rankings, the NFC West, a breakdown of all the contracts and extensions this week, and Rajon Rondo fracturing his right thumb on the first day of practice in the bubble. And at the end, we have an interview with current New York Yankees pitcher Mitch Spence. But first, we rank the NFC West, including the Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams, San Francisco 49ers, and Seattle Seahawks. Okay, so um, just to refresh, the Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams, San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks. This is like the third straight week. This is really hard. There's a former Super Bowl team that just went to the Super Bowl last year, the 49ers, and then there's also the Seattle Seahawks, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, plus the Arizona Cardinals, which people are saying Kyle Murray's going to go off, and the Super Bowl team from two years ago, the Los Angeles Rams. This may be the hardest division yet. So, obviously, I'm not going to rank the 49ers last because they just almost won a Super Bowl. I'm not going to rank the Seahawks last because they also are pretty close year over year over year. There's no way they're going to be last. So, this is between the Cardinals and the Rams. And I just believe that the Rams, they just had a hot streak. They lost Dante Fowler. We were talking about this a long time ago, actually, one of our first episodes. And Todd Gurley, they lost both of them. They don't really have a reliable running back. Jared Goff is way overpaid, and they're losing their wide receivers. So I'm going to have to put them last. So as I said, this is a really hard division for the third straight week. The hardest for last, or the best for last, whichever way you want to think about it. So I'll start with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, a lot of potential, won Rookie of the Year last year. And they lost David Johnson in a blockbuster trade, um, which was arguably one-sided to the Cardinals. And they received the best wide receiver in the game, DeAndre Hopkins. And the Seattle Seahawks, Marshawn Lynch, they had him last year. Beast Mode was back in town. They drafted DK Metcalf to go along with Tyler Lockett. And... No one really knows right now Jadavion Clowney. He hasn't signed yet. But if he signs with the Seahawks, it'll just make them that much better than they already are. The Rams were in the Super Bowl two years ago. And if you haven't listened to our first episode, we talked about Todd Gurley and Dante Fowler going to the Falcons. And this, Jared Goff, the, when he got paid, he deserved that much money. But I think that he already passed his prime. And he's just declining. 
Todd Gurley was a huge part of his game, the check down. And even though Todd Gurley was hampered by injuries, he helped them a lot. He was still one of the best running backs in the game. I have to put them fourth, but the 49ers last year's Super Bowl, they lost, unfortunately. But they're such a good team. They only got better except for losing to Forrest Buckner. They got Trent Williams to improve their running game that much better. They're just still so good. Arguably the best tight end, George Kittle. So I'm going to put the Rams fourth. This is such a hard division. Now we're moving on to third. And I'm going to have to put, with the Seahawks and the 49ers in the division, I get that people are saying that Kyler Murray is going to be one of the hottest QBs. I get that he got DeAndre Hopkins, but there's no way. I have to put them third. This is no disrespect. This could be one of the rare seasons where three teams make the playoffs because I believe they're going to be good, but not better than the 49ers and Seahawks. I disagree with that. I'm going to put the Seahawks third because, yeah, I was praising them earlier, but I was also praising the Cardinals. The Cardinals got, I'd say, the best wide receiver in the game, and the Seahawks have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to do that. The Cardinals have a trio. Larry Fitzgerald signed a one-year deal this year, so he's on the team this year. Christian Kirk, a young um, wide receiver that's really good, exploded at the end of last year. And now DeAndre Hopkins. And their running back, Kenyon Drake, also did good at the end of last year. Kyle Murray, Rookie of the Year. Their defense, Patrick Peterson. So the Seahawks, Legion of Boom, they're still trying to rebuild. I know it's been long for a rebuild. But they're still trying. Russell Wilson, $37 million, one of the best quarterbacks in the game. He's on his downside. You No, I don't think you can say he's on his upside. He already got paid. So um, they don't have a firm running back. They're, all the running backs have been hampered by injury. They had to bring in Marshawn Lynch last year. He was still good. He was good replacement. But he's just older now. So I have to put the Seahawks third. Okay, so now we're moving on to second. And I'm going to have to put... This is very hard because I don't know if the 49ers are going to stage another good year. So I still have to keep them first. So because what they did last year was so amazing, I'm going to put the Seahawks second. Even though the Seahawks have broke their undefeated streak, the 49ers actually made it farther in the playoffs. So I'm going to have to put the Seahawks second because of those reasons. And the 49ers first? Yeah. Okay, so I have the Cardinals and 49ers left. This is really, really tough. Seahawks and Cardinals are about the same level, so you can see that me and Arsh are experiencing the same thing trying to grade this. I'm going to put the Cardinals second. There's, they're really good, yeah, on paper, but I don't know if the chemistry is going to work out in the locker room. I think they'll go far, probably 11-5, 12-4, but the 49ers, what they did last year was astounding. They had three good running backs, Matt Breda, who they lost to the Dolphins, Trent, they got Trent Williams. Um, Raheem Mostert demanded a trade. So they have Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert as of right now. So that's still a really good duo. They got Trent Williams, lost to Forrest Buckner, but they got um, Neville Gallimore with the number 15 pick, I think. So, or number 13. And that's just such an amazing team. George Kittle, their wide receivers are amazing. Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, but Debo Samuel can step into that role. And George Kittle is so much of a wide receiver. It doesn't matter that he's a tight end. He's so athletic. And his personality is amazing. It boosts the whole locker room. So I have to put them first. And then I have to put the Cardinals second. 
Now we're going to talk about the flurry of signings and not signing the franchise tag and not getting a long-term deal t- done. Yeah, so there's a bunch of people. I'm just going to name a few. The Eagles re-signed Jason Peters. The Chiefs signed Chris Jones to an $85 million deal. Miles Garrett, $125 million. Justin Simmons signs the franchise tag. A big one, I'd say. Um, the Titans signed Derrick Henry to a four-year, $50 million extension. Shaq Barrett signs the franchise tag. And um, Cardinals are trying to sign Kelvin Beachum. And this one just came out today. The Bengals' AJ Green fi- officially signs the franchise tag. So, this is all huge information. There are some people that didn't sign anything, but there are some people that signed a tag and wanted a long-term deal, like Dak, Bud Dupree, and Justin Simmons, who all are um, clients of agent Todd France. They all wanted a deal, and um, I know for sure Justin Simmons and Dak Prescott are playing under the franchise tag this year. And Dak, about two or three hours, or one or two hours ago, tweeted, I'm a cowboy and couldn't be happier. So even though he didn't get a deal, he's still happy in Dallas. He's hoping Jerry Jones will give him a deal next year, next offseason, and we're just hoping for him. But anyway, about the signings, there was a bunch of people, and this week was packed with a bunch of news, rumors, signings, even some draft signings, like C.J. Henderson was just signed to his deal, uh, first rounder to the Jaguars. So, I'm just going to say my number one and number two signings. My number two is Miles Garrett. Um, the Browns signed Miles Garrett to a five-year, $125 million deal, which amounts to about $20, 25000000 million, I think. So, that is just amazing for a defensive end. And the same day, actually, um, Chris Jones signed a deal, four-year, $85 million. So that's about the same, 22. So that, Miles Garrett obviously had the helmet hit on Mason Rudolph, but he served out a six-game suspension, and he's not going to be suspended at the start of this year. So getting that deal done and out of the way, Miles Garrett is only progressing. So the fact that they got this out of the way, which the Cowboys had the chance to do with Dak, is amazing. He has He's five years there. They can trade him if they want. He, they can use him for draft picks if they want. But as of right now, his I'm just going to bring back his first ever um, um, snap um, on the defensive side. His first ever play, he got a sack. So that just shows how great he is. And yeah, it could be a coincidence, but what he's done since then is just amazing. And my number one, I alluded to this earlier, the Tennessee Titans signed Derrick Henry to a four-year, $50 million extension, which is um, $16.5 million per year and $25.5 million guaranteed. So more than half guaranteed, a little more than half. Derrick Henry, they so the Titans signed um, Ryan Tannehill. They lost Darrell Casey, but now they also signed Derrick Henry. So it looks like they're improving their offense, not really their defense, but their defense was not bad last year. Signing two of their breakout stars, Derrick Henry has been for two or three years, and he was um, he's a stud now. But before that, no one really knew him except coming out of the draft. So getting Ryan Tannehill done and on the deal, and not only that, but getting um, Derrick Henry done is just a huge thing. As the same thing with Miles Garrett. Derrick Henry won the rushing title last year, of 46 yards in front of the second place, which was Nick Chubb, and some 100 yards um, behind that was Christian McCaffrey. So that just shows how good 
Derrick Henry was last year. And the fact that they got this done early is good. I know it's a little late, but the breakout, keeping him in Tennessee, um, and hopefully they get another playoff chance coming this year. All right, so just like him, I'm going to start from the bottom. Obviously, um, Jason Peters is a huge, amazing offensive lineman. This is a really good deal for the Eagles. And for Cowboys fans, they've been, they're dreading this deal. Um, Chris Jones, an amazing player. If anyone's mad players, he has an X factor. That's, that goes out to the best players because he is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Miles Garrett, there's nothing I need to say. Just so good. He's probably the best defensive t- um, end in the league. Unless you're talking about like people like J.J. Watt. He's at least top five. Um, then Justin Simmons, also an amazing safety. He signed a franchise tag. And um, back um, when I was talking about Chris Jones, he had a mega deal. Jason Peters signed to a one-year deal. Miles Garrett signed to a five-year five deal. But Justin Simmons signed to the franchise tag, which could be a good thing, but it's usually a bad thing. Um, and then... If we keep going, of course, Derrick Henry had an amazing year, led the league in rushing yards. It would make no sense why he wouldn't. It would make no sense why he leave. Um, so he got a four-year deal, fifty million dollar extension. Um, Shaq Barrett officially signed the franchise tender, um, and this this announced Dak. This is pretty hard because Dak, I believe, is an amazing player. He. He has to understand. I get both ways. He wants the money, and he deserves a lot, but he doesn't deserve Mahomes' money. Is he worth as much as Mahomes? Like, is he as good as Mahomes? And and no. right now, no, he's not. You can't say that that he is. And um, I see Jerry Jones' side too, but Dak has to understand. He's not as good as Mahomes. He's not going to get that kind of money. He's asking for too much money, and. If you also think about it, think about um what he's doing with how he's how much money he's asking for, plus how good he is. He's not as good as Mahomes. And then we have AJ Green officially signing the franchise tag. So yeah, this is this is a lot for one week. Um, and we hope more news, more good news for these players come out next. <laughs> Now we're going to talk about Rajon Rondo fracturing his right thumb on the first day of practice in the bubble with the Lakers. Arsh, what do you think about this? And do you think this will hurt the Lakers' status in the playoffs? Because he just left the bubble for eight weeks to undergo surgery. Yeah, and it's going to hurt them a little bit. It's not going to be... Well, of course, losing any player at his caliber is not going to be... Um, it's not going to be good. So... I just hope that he gets better pretty fast. He's a good player. He, um, I believe that he will impact the team, but of course they still do have other players like Alex Caruso and other people. So um, I just hope that the Lakers can still keep it up, and I hope Rondo gets better. Yeah, right. The Rajon Rondo, he's clutch in um, endgame scenarios. He's played on a lot of teams, I think, um, seven and six years or something like that. Or six, seven and eight years, something like that. So, that losing him, any player, as I said, is not good. But then, not only losing him, but they lost 
They also lost Avery Bradley because he didn't want to play in a bubble. So managing that and eight, so Avery Bradley was a starter, and Rajon Rondo when um when LeBron James was tired, Rajon Rondo would come in, and he's the kind of player that he doesn't care about points. He likes dishing the ball out, finds whoever's open, and he can do whatever. He's a really good all around player, and for some teams he would be a starter, but the Lakers are just that good that they need him as a backup. And he is really good. This loss is, any loss is bad, but especially a player of this caliber right now, he'll be back after the first or second round, but then he has the 10 day quarantine, but he'll be back soon enough. So Lakers fans will hopefully be happy hearing that news. And hopefully the Lakers don't do too bad in the playoffs without him. Now, please enjoy our interview with New York Yankees pitcher, Mitch Spence. Mitch Spence is currently a right-handed pitcher within the New York Yankees organization. A North Carolina native, he attended Green Hope High School and later played Division II baseball at the University of South Carolina. He was selected in the 10th round of the 2019 MLB draft. Mr. Spence, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show. We live in Cary as well, in the Cary area as well, and are huge Yankees fans. Hey guys, thanks for having me. North Carolina doesn't have a pro baseball team. How did you get interested in baseball? Well, actually, uh, I'm from California, and so you know, growing up, baseball was always within my family. Um, and, you know, my my dad played, and my brothers played, and my grandpa played. So it was just it was always kind of the game that we would. You know, we go outside and play wiffle ball. So it was just, it, it, I just grew up around it, and I just grew to love it. How did you get noticed in high school for baseball? Uh, well, actually, in high school, um, I played over the summer. And so a lot of the, the games you played over the summer is where, you know, you get noticed the most. And luckily, I went to a high school that was – we had a really good baseball team. And so, you know, playing with a bunch of guys that were really good, it, you know, the, the reputation of the school kind of helps you get noticed the most. Did you have a backup plan coming out of college? Uh, yeah, I, I, I planned on, you know, finishing up my degree. Um, and, you know, once I did that, I, I, I could go out into the workforce and into the real world. But uh, luckily, I didn't have to do that. So <clears throat> it all worked out. What was it like getting some of the biggest teams in baseball to talk to you? Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was, I mean, just being contacted by all these big league teams was something that you know, you only, you only dream of. And, you know, other than the Yankees, uh, I was contacted by the Braves, um, the Cardinals, and um, I think the, the Pirates and the Cubs, and, and a couple other, but I, it, was, it was a good amount. I think it was about 20. Um, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable, and it was, it was a lot of fun getting to talk to these guys about, you know, starting a professional baseball career. And it, it's something you just you dream about as a kid. In your wildest dreams, did you ever think you would play for the New York Yankees? Um, I, when I was younger, I just wanted to play major league baseball. I, it, it didn't matter what team it was for. Um, and it was actually, it, it's, it's an honor to play for such an, a great organization like the Yankees. So, but just growing up, you know, when I was five years old, just dreaming about playing in the big leagues, and, you know, now I'm getting a chance to chase that dream and, <clears throat> and to do it with the Yankees. is just, it's an honor. Have you had a chance to hang out with any of the current franchise Yankees players? Uh, not directly, but when I got down to Tampa this year, um, Physical day was the same day as the, the big league guys, and so it was it, it was kind of cool because you could just see you know guys like Masahiro Tanaka and Aaron Judge and Stanton 
and Glaber Torres and Chapman just, you know, they're walking around the same locker room as you. And so it's, it's, it's just crazy that, you know, you know, five years ago, I would never imagine that I'd be in that kind of situation. And now you're walking around in the same locker room as a bunch of big league guys. It's just, it, it, it's a, it's a dream. Like, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to believe, you know, I get to do that kind of thing. And it, it's, it's, it's really cool. You gotta, you gotta pinch yourself sometimes. It's kind of like being like a kid in a candy store. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's so cool. And, you know, you got to remember that, you know, you belong there with those guys and that, you know, one day uh, I'll get to share the field with those guys, which will be, you know, another dream come true. You've already made it to the Pulaski Yankees. What is the path to try and make it to the majors? So usually there's, you know, some, there's a bunch of different levels in the minor leagues. So the Yankees, I think they have five or six different levels. So the, my first year I played in rookie ball, which is usually the first stop. And that was in Pulaski. And then when you go from there, you have, you know, single A, high A, double A, and triple A. And so this year, you know, with, with the season getting canceled, I was supposed to go to single A, which is in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so, I, you know, you just kind of naturally progress up and up and up. And as, you know, and the thought that the theory behind that is that at every level, you're developing more and more and more so that when you get to the big league club at the Yankees, you know, you're, you're ready to go and compete at, at the highest level. How are the minor leagues planning to resume, and what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm not 100% sure what their plans are. I know um, about two weeks ago when the big league guys were were trying to get started, most, the, most of the focus was on them. But, you know, as you, as you probably heard, they canceled the season this year, which is really unfortunate. But, you know, there's there's some, you know, fall leagues and stuff and some winter leagues going on. So hopefully maybe they can expand the minor league season, you know, during that time. Or if, you know, the, the big leaguers are doing pretty good about, you know, handling the whole coronavirus situation that maybe, you know, they can bring us down um, at some point in the fall and have some sort of, you know, simulated games or some sort of a season, you know, just so that we don't waste the whole year. But as of right now, there's not any plans that I know of. Um, but, you know, you just got to stay optimistic and, you know, hope that, you know, something can, can come together and we can play baseball again. And baseball-wise, what goals do you hope to achieve this year? This year? Um, you know, just it was going to be my first full season of, of professional baseball, and so I was just kind of getting adjusted to playing, you know, 150 games in one year. Um, you know, I had some goals of, you know, being a, you know, kind of establishing myself within the Yankees organization. Um, because, I mean, I wasn't a highly touted prospect at the end of this year, but, you know, I feel like, this year I could have made some big waves with some, you know, higher up executives of the organization and I could have, you know, put myself on the map and, you know, hopefully create a path for myself to, to the big leagues. How are you staying conditioned and in good shape during quarantine? Um, you know, once coronavirus happened and they sent everybody home from spring training, I, I you know, I just told myself that, you know, I was going to stay in shape and I was going to, you know, if they did call us back for some sort of a season or, you know, some simulated games back down to Tampa that I would be, you know, right where I left off. And so I came home and I, I just kept throwing and, you know, throwing bullpens and keeping my arm in shape and, and working out so that when I do go back, you know, I'm exactly where I was, if not better than, you know, when I left. Many MLB analysts are predicting you to be a sleeper and breakout this year. How does that make you feel? You know, that's, that's, that's pretty cool to think that they're, you know, they're, they're even talking about me, but, you know, I've, I've always, you know, had a good amount of confidence in my ability. And so I know that, if I keep working hard, you know, my, my, uh, my work off the field will translate onto the field. And, you know, if, if I just keep, you know, getting better, then I can see myself as somebody who could, 
make an impact. Tommy John surgery is so big right now, and it seems that more and more pitchers are getting it. What are you doing to prevent that injury? Well, I mean, that is, that's kind of the big topic right now. Is you see so many guys going down with this, you know, this elbow injury. And the biggest thing that I've always done is just making sure that I, you know, besides throwing, I make sure I do a lot of arm care stuff and, you know, making sure that I do my prehab, which is, you know, doing, um, you know, bands or, you know, warm-up exercises. And then, you know, you do your throwing. And then while you're throwing, you kind of got to listen to your arm. You know, if your arm's telling you, hey, I, you know, I, I don't want to do this today or I don't feel so good, you, I mean, you got to listen to it. Um, and then, you know, after my throwing, I'll do some, you know, some after, after, after throwing exercises. And then, you know, and then just, you know, kind of trying to, to strengthen that your arm while you're working out and stuff like that. And then, but I think the biggest thing for me is just listening to your arm and understanding, you know, where to push the limits and, you know, where to kind of hold back. What advice do you have for our young listeners who have dreams to make it to the majors? Well, I just say, you know, follow your dreams. You know, don't, if you, if you, if you put your mind to something, you can achieve it. Um, you know, five years ago, I, I mean, I might've been a person who could have gotten drafted, but, you know, finding out what you need to do to become a better baseball player is the most important thing. And then sticking to a plan of where you can get better every, every single day. And if you put your mind to something, you can totally achieve it. Thank you for joining us today. The insight you gave us about playing for the New York Yankees and the MLB was amazing. We hope this inspired many of our young listeners to go out and chase their dreams. We appreciate your time and have a great rest of your day. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers in the Sports podcast. Tune in wherever you get your favorite podcast and listen to hear the latest in the sports world that week. Thanks and have a great rest of your day. A reminder that this week's episode of the Two Brothers in the Sports podcast is sponsored by the North Carolina Orthopedic Clinic. The North Carolina Orthopedic Clinic offers Duke quality care in a comfortable community setting. Each of their orthopedic surgeons has been fellowship trained. Their specialties include sports medicine, joint replacement, hand surgery, shoulder surgery, foot and ankle, spinal surgery, podiatry, and physical medicine. Under one roof, their patients can receive the treatment and care they need for any orthopedic condition they are dealing with. They provide same-day, next-day service, which is specialized service and personalized care. Visit ncorthoclinic.com or call 919-471-9622 to make an appointment or obtain more information.